0: Welcome to today's message from Refuge Point Church. We would love for you to join us for one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play. Now, here's today's message.
1: You guys look fantastic uh, this morning. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, well, I'm so glad you are here. If you're new with us uh, this morning, my name is Matthew, and I am a pastor here at Refuge. Um, and uh, so I want us to get right into uh, the Word this morning. If you have your Bible, you can grab it and open it to the book of Luke. It's going to take us quite a few minutes to get there because I have some other scriptures I want to read to lead us into it. Um I want to talk about and, and really begin our year out uh, just with one message today on on prayer uh, because I think this is critical, especially beginning a new year uh, for us to have that conversation. but also today uh, the global church calendar uh, today is also a, a epiphany. Maybe you've ever heard of that before Epiphany, uh, a couple of you. All right, this is gonna be great uh, <laughs> Uh, epiphany is not when you see the beautiful girl or the beautiful guy and you're like, I'm going to marry that person. That's not uh, epiphany. Is, neither is the day that you are supposed to bring down your Christmas decorations. I'm sure you've heard of that. Uh, epiphany comes from um, a, a Greek word that means revealed or manifestation. And, and I'll, actually, they would use this in the context of uh, the coming of the dawn uh, or, or one who has a divine authority that they would worship. And and so today, uh, today is epiphany. And so this is this is what we uh, celebrate. Most churches celebrate across uh, the globe today is that the coming of the Son has appeared to us and and revealed Himself in a way uh, to us. And so what I want to press on is with that concept and with that idea in mind is that that is God's delight for you. That is His joy for you. That He would uh, let's be straight humiliate himself by coming down as God of the cosmos and coming down on earth as one of us. All right, so if that's a sign of anything, it's a sign that God has delighted in us, that God loves you, that that God loves you enough that he would come in all humility and reveal himself, manifest himself uh, to you. Now, now what does that have to do with the subject of, Of prayer, and so uh, when we talk about prayer, prayer is an interesting thing. Uh, When we talk about prayer, I would assume, guess that the majority of you in this room, uh, you already know you need to be praying, right? I mean, this isn't like some new concept. Like, you mean I'm supposed to be talking to God? Like, I didn't, I didn't know that, preacher. Like, you're just, you're so far beyond me. I know, but anyway. And, and I, I don't want you to think that, so, so the thing with, with, with prayer is like, you already know you're supposed to be doing it. The, the problem is, is that I think the majority of us, we find ourselves frustrated because we're not doing it. Okay. Am I right? Yeah. We got an honest church up in here this morning, um, or, or maybe you're lying, or you're just like, this is all weird to me. So the problem that most of <laughs> us find ourselves in is this morning is that we're just frustrated because of our prayer life. Now... Here's the thing that I don't want to do. I don't want to use my time with you uh, this morning and try to guilt you into prayer. Because if I guilt you into something, that's not going to last. That's, that's not... It, 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 at best, a day. Right, you can be like, I scheduled two hours of prayer. I mean, good Lord, you're holy. You know, if you're <laughs> scheduling two hours of prayer, uh, you more sanctified than me, you know, and, um, but, but if you're guilting yourself into the prayer, then it's not going to last, uh, here's how I know this, um, happy new year again, by the way, how many of you made resolutions, uh, gosh, is it that bad already? Maybe I should say how many made resolutions last year, and how many of you are making the same resolution? You know why that doesn't last? Nope. Because you've guilted yourself into trying to do something. Okay. Now, now here's the thing. I know it's not going to last because when I step into the gym tomorrow, I'm going to see a lot of fresh faces. Now, now I know I ain't going to see yours. Uh, now, I know they're going to drop out in a couple of weeks, and here's why. Because they've guilted themselves into thinking that, well, I've got to do this. And it doesn't last. And the reason why your resolutions and the reason why uh, your explorations of the gym everywhere, the reason why they don't last is because you are not delighting in that thing. And so the difference between prayer for most of us is that we've guilted ourselves into it, and it doesn't last. But here's what I want to press on this morning, and here's what Epiphany has to do with all of this, is that if we can see God coming in with the epiphany, with him revealing himself in us and to us, then that would stir within us a delight for him. So that's the difference between you guilting yourself into prayer and you actually delighting in the fact that God has stepped out of the cosmos to be like one of us. So here, there's, there are the two differences that we have with, with guilting yourself into prayer And then finding God's delight for you and then delighting back in him. That's the difference. So so we have this idea of prayer. Uh, Throughout all of my pastorate, I've had um, the opportunity at times to to go different places and to travel some. Most of the time, not most of the time, some of the time uh, when I do that, if it's off to a conference or it's off to somewhere else, uh, sometimes I don't travel with my family, uh, maybe with a friend. And, and when that happens, here's what I have found. That my kids actually like me. And I think they even like me more when I'm not even home. Right? They, it's like, where was this love when I was there just like yesterday? I mean, I want to be going 12 hours. And they're like, where are you going to be home? You know, my, I don't know, my little girl's not in here, so good I could pick on her a little bit. You know, she'll call, she'll FaceTime, and I love this. I, I, my kids, they're not teens yet, so I'm i am still in this stage where my kids like me, all right? I know that's not going to last, um, but but I'm here now, and I'm enjoying it, right? So my, my daughter, she'll FaceTime me, and, and she's a beautiful little girl, and her lip just begins to explode like she had, like, lip... Surgery or something—it's really weird. And the big crocodile tears will come down. It's like, but Daddy, I I want you here, you know. And it's just really sad. And I'm like, why are you doing this to me? And you know, Marina's just right there with the Facetime, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what you left me with? You know. And it's, so, I, I know. And so when I come home, it's just like this grand reunion. I'm like. Oh, I've been going for like 12 hours, all right, it's just, it's just been a day, I, I told you I was coming back, and, and the reason why they do this is because they actually like me, for now, right, and I'm, I was sure to give you that caveat real quick, but they delighted me, like they actually love me, and I know they do, because when I'm home, they embrace me, they embrace me even in them knowing that I'm not perfect, even in them knowing that I lose it sometimes, A lot of times, even in them knowing that I have a heaviness about me sometimes. And yet, despite that, they still delight in me. And I still delight in them regardless of their many flaws. Where are my parents at in this church? Because you know every single one of them. And it's annoying. And you have to deal with it. And you're wondering, like, why was parenting such a great idea in the first place? But that doesn't change anything. I'm in therapy, all right? It doesn't change anything. I still delight in them. I love them, despite their flaws. Listen to me, church. How much more is a loving God who knows your every move and every thought? While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Why? Because he delights in you. Because God revealed himself to you. And that is evidence of God and his delight for you. Now the problem with this, God delighting in us, there's a, I, I have a problem with that. Like, like the way my brain works, like theologically, I just have an issue with that. Like God delights in me. And here's the problem that I have. And maybe you don't have this problem, but this is my problem, all right? How can God be sovereign, Right, if he if he delights in me, if he enjoys me, if he has poured his love on me, then how can God be sovereign? Then, like and so this takes me and this removes me a lot of times as a pastor, as a believer, from my prayer life. Let me read you a couple of scriptures before we're going to get to Luke. All right, it's just a really long introduction. Okay, this is I want to read the scripture to you: Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Listen to what it says. You could just write it down, Ephesians 1, verse 3 through 10. Blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us, don't get nervous, uh, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, that he lavished on us in the beloved one in him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure and he purposed in christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in christ that's his is, is delight in us both things in heaven and on earth so God is sovereign over all things, and he's working all things out. A- according to this text, that before all of these things, before the foundations of the world, God already knew what he was going to do. Yeah. All right? So he knew all these things. All right? So a lot of you don't get nervous. We're not signing up for five points of anything, okay? So, so you calm down, all right? Um, so he delights in us, but how can he delight in us if he's already worked everything out? How is that for my good? I don't know if you've ever wondered that, but I, I often wonder this, like, like if I'm supposed to pray, why? Why should I pray if God already knows the outcome of every situation? Why should I pray if, if God, how is this God delighting in me? How should God delight in me if he already knows the outcome of all my situations? Okay. Now I want to press on this, this is not, this is not for you and I. A cause for us to stop praying, because if you were to just continue reading in your Bible, you would find that not only is God sovereign, in control over all things, but He still wants us to go after Him. So how then can that be? If God is in complete control over everything, why should I pray? Well, because the Bible tells you to. The Bible wants you to go after the Lord and wants you to ask him for things. So, so in, in James chapter 4, I'm about to get to Luke. Right? i got this one verse, and I promise you I'm going to get to Luke. James chapter 4, just two verses. You desire and you don't have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wait for war. Listen to what he says. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. There's a problem. So that you may spend it on your pleasure. So here's one of the issues is that sometimes you're praying, and you're praying with some selfish motivation. It's the reason why God's not going to give you the million dollars. You know why he ain't? Because I've been asking for it. And if he gives it to one of you jokers before he gives it to me, I'm... You can, or you tithe it, and then I'll be happy, okay? So here's what, <laughs> he had espresso this morning. Here, here's, what, here's what the Bible's teaching us. Yes, God's got this, because thank God he does. But he also wants his children to begin to ask him, not for selfish things, but for things that are in terms of the kingdom of God. So look at Luke chapter 18. I didn't give you the chapter. I gave it to you now. Luke chapter 18. It's just a few verses. This is perhaps one of my favorite parables because it relates to me in so many ways. Look at Luke chapter 18. Let's pick it up in verse 2. Now, there was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my (laughs) adversary. Now, for a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this woman keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming that's translated as like literally so you don't give me a black eye by her her just continuously nagging me will not God grant so so look at verse 6 then the Lord said listen to what the unjust judge says will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night will he delay helping them I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. Amen. Did you did you just see what God just did here in this text? You know what he just said to us? I want you to bother me. When you ain't got the answer, just keep coming to me. Now, he's not like, the wicked judge, and that he hates this bothering, but he is the just judge who loves for his children to come to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's go here, nag him. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Now, I got children, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this real quick because one of them's in here. Yeah. I don't like nagging. <laughs> Some of you spouses are like, amen. I didn't go there. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Do you hear what he just said? Why don't you nag me? Why don't you bother me? You know why he likes you to bother him? Because he delights in you. And many of you have an issue with that. You know God loves you. But you cannot grasp that the creator of the cosmos actually likes you.
0: Okay. Amen.
1: And I think the reason why we are not a prayerful people is because we do not think that God actually likes us. We treat it like we treat changing a diaper. Like we do it just because it has to be done. Friends, let me, let me tell you all something here this morning. I just want you to hear, God delights in you. He likes you. And what that should do within us is to stir our affections for him, the epiphany of God, him revealed to us that he delights in you. And so our prayer is something that we guilt ourselves into because that does not last but our prayer life should be one that because God delights in me, I have no other choice but to light, to light back into the Father. Like he loves you. Like Let that settle in this morning. He likes you. I love that text that we read earlier in, in Ephesians 1 is that he lavishes. I mean, y'all know how crazy I am. I get the image that he's waterboarding you with love. Maybe it's because I secretly want to do that to somebody, but I don't know. But he pours out his love on you. Amen. Just like, God, I can't take your love. It's, it's so much for me. Isn't that amazing? This is what God has brought us here this morning to hear. Amen. Amen. Despite your circumstance, despite your situation here this morning, God delights in you and he loves you. He wants you to bother him. He wants you to go after him. He wants you to be like the persistent widow. And this is interesting because the widow here, she is defenseless. She has perhaps lost everything. But the one thing that she has that others don't is persistency. Are you persistent? God wants you to ask him for things, not more material wealth. I mean, come on now things that are aligned with the kingdom of God. He's like, ask me for those things. The tragedy of it all is that many of you will not see a move of God in your life. Do you know why? Because you haven't asked him. You have not seen the salvations that you want to see. You know why? Because you haven't asked him for it. I refuse to be a pastor of a church that doesn't ask God for big things. God, transform us. Rebuild this place, God. Rebuild our lives. Eradicate poverty. Eradicate uh, all of the the loneliness in this place. Do away with it, God, because those are kingdom things. Bring your healing, God. That's a kingdom thing, God. Bring your reconciliation. That's a kingdom thing. And I wonder why the reason why we haven't seen those things is because some of us hadn't got bold enough to go before the throne of God and ask Him and be like the persistent woman and bother Him with it. God, You said this is what Your Word says we can have. So bring it. Bring it on us today, God. Amen. And we be a people... Who are not navel gazing and like, well, God don't like me. Yeah. God loves you so much. He wants yeah. you to come yeah. to Him. Yeah. Now, it wasn't by chance that I, I was going to talk about prayer because I think this is an incredible day for us to actually practice this. I want us to practice the prayer. And last year, huh, that's weird to say, last week, um, <laughs> we ended our service in a prayer time. And I want us to do that again today, just for the simple fact. There's some of you who are hurting really deeply this morning. Uh, Okay, so let me address something real quick, if you haven't heard. One of our very own people, they're, they're suffering bad this morning. If you heard the news on Friday morning, a young man was murdered in Valley. And that young man, 29 years old, his family is one of our own. His immediate family, they belong to. They are refuge people, and they're hurting. There's a lot of uncertainty with that mom and with his seven-year-old child. There's a lot of uncertainty with the family, with the immediate family who attends refuge. So when you talk about some of the things we just talked about, I know you're right there with me. And I want us to pray for them. In fact, Doodle's back there. This is Mr. Tony I Many of you know him. That was Justin's grandfather. And he's here. And I know Peyton's here. Peyton's one of our keyboard players. And they're, they're family of Justin. And they're hurting and they're grieving. This is why God brought us here this morning. Amen. Amen. Listen to me carefully. And I know some of you are going through your own stuff. God is not scared of your doubts. You throw your fist up at him, he can handle it. Amen. My kids, they do, they like, Dad, I don't know why you're doing this to me. And we do that to God. Listen, if my kids do that to me, I'm not going to be like, oh, you sleeping outside for the rest of your life. <laughs> Question me again. Now, actually, I do say that, but... God's not scared of your doubts. He's not scared of your concerns. He's not scared and he's not moved in the opposite direction because you throw your fist in his face. Okay. You know why? Because he still delights in you. Thank you. He's still got a purpose for you. Thank you. And he loves you. Yes. And I want us to pray for him. He's, he's right there in the back. Many of you know him. If there's some of you around him, That's all right, Doodle. I don't know where Peyton's at. He's around here somewhere. Where is he at? Oh, he's right there. Peyton's right there in the back row. I know you're supposed to play Peyton, but you'll be all right. Let some people pray over you. um, Peyton's right back there. Some of you would gather around Peyton. There are others of you here this morning, and you've had those questions, how could a sovereign God do this to me? Listen, God loves you, sir. Yeah. He delights in you. Yeah. If that's you, you say, I need prayer also, man. I'm going through this <clears throat> refinement that John was talking about, and I need God just to pour that love on me. I need you to just feel that love. If that's you, would you, just raise your hand and say, I need that prayer, I need someone to pray for me like I am, I am going through it and I'm struggling and if that's you I want to pray for you too so they're going to open up this, this time they're going to worship and we're just going to go after the Lord just for the few, next few moments of our time and I want those of you back there praying just to go after the Lord God I need your justice to be done You are a just God. God, I'm praying for justice. Right the wrongs, Lord. God, we are reaching out to you in the dense, dense fog. And we don't even know where we're reaching. We can't see I know you're there. God, I pray over Doodle right now. I lift up Mama Pat. I lift up Denise. I lift up Chance. Just out of selfishness, will not have his dad in his life anymore. Their whole family needs you. Need your peace. Don't understand it. But you are still governing in the chaos. I don't know how. That's what keeps me, me, and you, God. Holy Spirit, I just, I plead, I beg, I nag. You just bring your peace, God.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Refuge Point Church's broadcast. We hope you were both challenged and encouraged by today's message. We would love for you to join us at one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play.